Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers, but I, but I hold on, fun. But I didn't make my. I didn't make my. I said Denver's gonna win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Posting Up Podcast. I'm joined, as always, here by Big Jace Kingsay and Sean Scanlon. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing good. Okay. Good, good, good. good. So uh, someone not doing so good, unfortunately. Uh, it's pretty bad for the league is Mr. Anthony Davis, and we're going to get right into that. Obviously, um, that's the biggest story in the league right now is, is Davis has a strained calf slash Achilles. He's going to miss a minimum of two or three weeks. Um, obviously, like it says down there, Lakers are second in the West, sitting at 21-7. and seven. Anthony Davis's stats, while the scoring numbers aren't as high as they uh, usually are, he's still very efficient, very dominant player in this league. How uh, Not only um, how big of a hit to the Lakers is this, but what teams, I want to know, can, can capitalize. Because I think the Lakers are going to struggle during this time, to be, to be quite honest. Um, what team can take advantage of that and kind of work their way up the ladder in the uh, Western Conference standings? Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think that team for me would be uh, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think that the way they're playing right now, you know, they're playing really well, especially, you know, uh, having integrated Chris Paul into the offense. You know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker uh, are starting to really work well together. Uh, Devin Booker kind of had a rough start to the year, but he's really turned it on lately. And, uh, you know, they've won six in a row, and, you know, they're 9-1 in their last 10 games. So if there's a team that will step up in the rankings, uh, I think it is the Suns. Uh, I think they're five games back from the one seed right now. So they're, uh, I think they have a really good chance of getting that top four um, seed and, you know, getting a home playoff game this year. But I, I do think that the Lakers aren't going to struggle as much as uh, as you might think. But I, I think, you know, their depth is really good. I think that, you know, they have players that could step up. And, you know, they have some winnable games coming up. Uh, you know, including it's the Timberwolves, the Wizards, the Kings. So there are a lot of easy games coming up. And I, I just think that the Lakers are the deepest team in the league and they have, they have guys that can step up. And obviously we know LeBron James is the best player in the league. So I, I think he'll be able to carry the load. Um, obviously, AD is a huge part of that team. But I, I just think that the Lakers have a lot of depth and they, they could do it without him. Um, but we're, we're going to have to see how long it actually takes. Obviously, it's two to three weeks minimum. But it might be even be longer than that. So if it is it, if it is a longer duration of time, I think they'll they'll start to struggle a little bit. For, but for right now, if he does come back during that timetable, I don't think they're you know going to be uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad the next couple of weeks. 
Um, Isaiah, what's your what's your take on this? I know before the show, I, I kind of overheard you talking to Jace about you have some history with uh, Achilles issues. So how how serious really is this for for Anthony Davis? Oh, I think it's serious. Anytime you see an upper hamstring strain, they claim that injury is. I think you have to look at the realism that that, hand, that Achilles is most likely going to tear eventually. It's similar to what happened to um, Kevin Durant in the playoffs. If you remember, they listed it as an upper hamstring strain first, and then he ended up eventually rupturing his Achilles. So I think that the Lakers need to start thinking long-term for the possibility that he might actually rupture it and probably look to make a trade somewhere down the line, maybe get a, a drum in, somebody who could fill in at the center position because you don't know exactly how long he's going to be out and when he's going to feel comfortable enough to get back on the court. Because, like I said, this injury is completely tricky. They they, like they claim it's a hamstring injury, but I definitely believe it's the beginning of a Achilles rupture. But like Sean said, the teams I believe I believe the Phoenix Suns are definitely one of those teams that could definitely take advantage of this um this time with them out. Like you said, they won six in a row. I think their big test tonight will be against the um, Nets tonight. And if they could pull that off, I think then they can show everyone that they're definitely a contender in this league because I see the Nets right now as the front runner in the East. So, Jace, Jace, do you got any uh, any opinions on the situation? Do you think this will this will help any teams in the in the Western Conference looking to move up the standings? Uh yeah, I think my my team here is the Golden State Warriors. He, they uh, Steph has been balling out. His he's tied with his uh, MVP season as far as averaging for points per game right now and shooting uh and he's lights out from three as always he's playing very very well and they're the warriors are at eight right now maybe they can bump their way up and maybe get a uh up to like maybe the four to hopefully get themselves some home uh court advantage or in in the playoff or whatever they're gonna do for that yeah, I, I think the team I'm going to go with, I think it would be huge for the Clippers to move up. Um, obviously, a series with the Lakers would be in the same arena, so maybe that, that could be pushed off until the conference finals. Everyone thought that would be the conference finals last season, assuming the Clippers and the Lakers will be two of the top three seeds. They'll most likely meet in the conference finals. Um, I just think it would be huge for the Clippers to, depending we have – fans in the building at that point of the season um, during the playoffs, having the Clippers having a home court advantage, at least until they get to Los Angeles, because like I said, they're going to play in the same arena, regardless, the court's just going to be different. Um, So I think the Clippers can really look to take advantage of this. And, you know, hopefully Anthony Davis, it's a best case scenario for him. But like Isaiah said, you know, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff because it's, it's really nothing to mess around with. Um, that'll, that'll bring us to our first game break of the day, but first we'll bring you a message from Clovercrest Media. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. All right. So usually here we've been getting into, uh, games that us as fans are looking forward to this this upcoming week up until our next show on saturday so we're gonna go around the circle i'll start with jace this time jace shoot me with the game that you're looking forward to watching uh throughout this week looks like you're on i'm muted i'm muted my bad uh (laughs) the one i got is tonight uh i mean steve just uh got some breaking news from steve risser 
No KD yeah. or Kyrie tonight for the Nets. Going up against the Suns. If the Suns really do want to uh, take advantage of this AD injury, a, this is a big, big win that they got to get. I mean, it, especially without Kyrie and KD, uh, and it's a very good uh, advantage. For the Zay, Suns. you got a game you're looking forward to, man? Um, not so much, really. Actually, I haven't. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't even looked that far in the schedule. Honestly, I've been watching my Knicks roll lately, so <laughs> that's been much on yeah. my mind. Obviously, like he said, I had much of the Nets and the Suns game on my mind, but once you once that news broke, now it's like I don't know what game to really look forward to. Actually, that was one of the games I was looking forward to. I thought that was going to be a good matchup, like you said. The Suns coming off a six in a row, the Nets I thought being the best team in the East, but apparently they can't seem to stay healthy. So that's right. going to be interesting down the stretch for them in the long run. But uh, yeah, that was my game. I don't even know anymore. So, Sean, you <laughs> Sean, you got a game? Yeah. Um. Actually, I'm gonna go with the Jazz and the Clippers. Uh. And with the back to backs, they're gonna play Wednesday night and Friday night. So we're gonna get you know two games of uh you know obviously two of the best teams in the Western Conference. Uh. And like we were talking about with the Lakers before, if they do end up struggling, you know these games are gonna be huge for both of these teams, uh, especially at the top. You know every win counts, but especially. You know, when you're going against a team that's in those top spots, uh, if, you know, say one of these teams could sweep the other in these two, that'd be, you know, huge for their, uh, you know, their playoff seating. So I'm definitely looking forward to this matchup. Um, you know, it has a chance of being the Western Conference final, especially, you know, if Anthony Davis ends up having an Achilles injury and he's out for, you know, the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, two teams that are playing really well right now, um, the Clippers, even with without Kawhi and Paul George, um, you know, they've been balling the last last two games they've won uh, without their two superstars. So I think, you know, their depth has proven to be, um, you know, one of the better, you know, one of the more deeper rosters in the league, too. And then obviously we know what the Jazz are doing. They've won 18 of their last 19, I believe now. Uh, they've been playing tremendous. Even, you know, players off their bench, Jordan Clarkson dropped 40 points last night. You know, that's just how much depth they have. So uh, two very deep teams, two really good teams in the Western Conference. And uh, it's, it's definitely going to be some two good battles uh, on Wednesday and Friday. So uh, how about you, Lucas? Yeah, so um, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this on Saturday's show. But we got finals match, uh, finals rematch coming up on Saturday night on ABC. Uh, those ABC games, they're always trying to make them, you know, blockbuster primetime kind of games. And, you know, the Heat have been struggling as of late, but Jimmy Butler is kind of coming into form, uh, putting up a few triple doubles in his past couple games. Uh, so I think that I think the Heat can take advantage of a Lakers team without Anthony Davis. I think Bam Adebayo can look to have a good game. Um, but let's see, let's see the Heat get away. You gotta, what do you gotta say, Zay? I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I believe the Heat are actually overrated. You I think believe so? that, I believe the bubble might have really been a really big advantage for them getting to the finals last year. Because I'm, I'm this is completely not the same team that they were last year. I thought it was maybe. a a, a thing of getting out the gate slow or, you know, they played late, you know, into the season last year and then started early this year. They're just not looking good at all. No matter, you no. Know, I mean, obviously I, I can't say much. They beat my Knicks back to back, but outside of that, they haven't looked really good. Even with Jimmy Butler, they just haven't looked like that same championship team. Um. So yeah, that's part of the reasons that I'm actually looking forward to this game. I just kind of want to see, who the Heat really are, because we saw you know, last year in the bubble them put up some pretty good fights when they had to against this Lakers team. So 
we'll see what they can do on Saturday night against that same, pretty much the same team, give or take a few players. Uh, so we'll get into our next topic here. Uh, this is kind of weird to me. I never, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen two teams, especially do this with, you know, borderline stars. I guess you'd say Andre Drummond's more of a star than Blake Griffin. He's not playing too, too well this season. But um, the Pistons uh, and the Cavs both announced their plans to completely rest Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin until they find a trade or a buyout option, which is, is strange to me. And you heard Draymond Green last night come out and say, kind of like, you know, DC's Andre Drummond warming up, go back into the tunnel and come out in street clothes. And, you know, they're kind of just saying, you sit until we find somewhere for you to go. You know, and he's he was talking about how Andre Drummond's kind of just expected to act professional. And if he doesn't act professional, if he voices his displeasure, he's an unprofessional player and he's a bad, he's a cancer in the locker room. So I wanted to get your guys' thought on on both the, the weirdness of this plan by both teams. And then why don't you give me some places where you think these guys could land and make an impact? Zay, why don't you hit me first? My biggest issue with this is if you hear a lot of times you hear players say the league has a slave mentality. And I'm starting to agree with that situation when you want these players to now act professional just because the, the organization mentioned that they want to be gone. When a player like like um excuse me, uh what's his name? Uh on the um Draymond Green said, when a player comes out and basically expresses that they want to be traded. You know, they have they, they you know, they're a cancer to the team or they're a distraction because they're acting out of line or whatever it is. But I can play still, right? Huh? And they have to still plug go out and play. Yeah, they still have to go out and play and still, you know, perform and still risk injury and everything. And if, and I think it's just not fair that when a team feels like they're ready to just throw you away, they could just put you on the shelf until they're ready to give you to somebody else. And I, I don't like that fact at all. I think these guys should be allowed to play until they come up with a possible trade. You know, you pay them to play. They work up. They show up every day. They should be playing unless they cannot physically play. There's no reason for them not to be playing. And if you're going to treat this situation like that, you have to make it so that when players are ready to leave, then they don't have to play so they can preserve their bodies so that when they go to their next team, that next team is actually getting something worth value instead of somebody who's been run down. But I mean, that's just my opinion on it. Sean, what do you think of this whole thing going on? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with uh, what Draymond was saying. I, I think it's unfair to these players, you know, um, who want to go out on every night and obviously, you know, give their best performance, uh, even if they're not, even if they're not in the plans of the team going forward. Um, obviously, you know, the Cavs and the Pistons want to go um, to their younger players, try and get them and and develop them because you know obviously they're not having great seasons. But at the end of the day, you know, the, both these players could help out your teams too. The the way that the Pistons and Cavaliers are playing, it's not like. You know, it's not like they're detrimental, you know, to these teams. They, they could go out and, you know, help you win these games. So I think it's unfair to the players. And um, like Zay was saying, it, it is kind of like a slave mentality. You know, the owners having all the control over these players, you know, telling them that they actually can't play when, uh, you know, they have the contract in place, you know, for them to be playing every single night. So I think it is unfair to these players. Um, Obviously, you know, I hope they go to better situations because obviously they're in two crap organizations. And I'm not surprised, honestly, because the Pistons, you know, ever since that 2004 championship, they've been terrible ever since, you know, they're one of the worst organizations in the NBA. Same with the Cavaliers. Uh, When LeBron hasn't been there, they've, you know, they've been in the dumpster. So, you know, I, I think it doesn't surprise me by these teams because I think they're not re- not well run, you know, in the ownership and, and, you know, their GMs, the front office. So it doesn't really surprise me. But um, 
but I, I do agree with you know Draymond's comments and Zay's comments. I, I think that you know they they should have the opportunity to go out and play. Um, but in some places, I think that would make sense though. Andre Drummond, I think you know. I think the Nets or the Celtics would make sense. Um, obviously, both those teams need big men, and the Celtics have been struggling a lot. Um, obviously, with Marcus Smart being injured, uh, you know they've they're they're at 500 right now, and they I think with the talent they have, they should be well above that. So I think those are two teams. And then for Blake Griffin, um, I would like to see a reunion with the Clippers, uh, just because I think he could you know go and help them you know win a championship. And obviously, I, I think he deserves that opportunity. He he helped build the Clippers up to what they are today. Um, obviously, what him and Chris Paul did in, in the Lob City era. But I, I don't know if any team's going to be willing to take on Blake Griffin's contract right now. Um, I, I, he's obviously regressed in the past couple of years. Uh, a lot of injuries. He, he's not as explosive as he was. And he's got that, you know, that huge contract that I'm not sure a lot of teams would be uh, willing to take on. But if there is one team that I could see him going to is a reunion with the Clippers. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned these these two guys, and the last time these two were traded, I, I thought both trades made really no sense whatsoever. Uh, Blake Griffin going to Detroit. I mean, why are you trading him there? He the, he made an All NBA team one season, and he's been there for what three or four years now, but they haven't done anything. They've been bottom feeders in the East. Same with the uh, Cavaliers uh, acquiring Andre Drummond last season. You know, the Pistons were shopping him. And just to trade him to another team that's down near the bottom of the conference every year, it just didn't make any sense to me. So you'd hope coming up in uh, this trade deadline, you'd see Andre Drummond go to a team that really does need him, like the Celtics or the Nets, even though I think that that, I don't want the Nets to get him because I think that would (sighs) create quite an unbalance in the league. So even though I don't like the Celtics very much, being a Sixers fan, I'd like to see him go somewhere he can fit in and you know be needed on a team that has championship aspirations. And as for Blake Griffin with that huge contract, Sean, maybe I was thinking maybe a lower level team, like a maybe a team either fighting for one of the bottom seeds could trade for him just as a veteran leader and someone who has playoff experience. Although he hasn't been to a conference finals, he's he's played a lot, quite a few playoff games in his day. I think they could use him kind of as a mentor. So maybe like a uh, who's at the bottom, like maybe I think the Hornets maybe would. Yeah, that, that'd be a, that's a good destination for him. Or maybe going back home to Oklahoma and going to Oklahoma City, trying to squeeze them in that bottom bottom of the uh, Western Conference. Ooh. I could see that happening. Um, Zay, yeah, I, that, I was just going to say, what are we considering the bottom? There's a playoff this year. There's a, like a play in this year. So what are we considering true. the bottom? That's true. <laughs> Yeah, it could be any, you know, eight through the 11 seeds with the playing games. But I was just going to say, I think that's a good point of him being a mentor. I think, you know, we've seen it with Zay's Knicks. You know, they just got Derrick Rose. And obviously, you know, they're on that winning streak right now. Uh, they, they've looked great. But I <laughs> I think uh, but I think Derrick Rose has been great, you know, for the young players like uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin. It, every time I've been watching the Knicks on MSG, he's always talking with the young players. You know, it looks like he's always interacting with them, you know, just telling them. Uh, and, and showing them the rope. So I, I think that is a good point. I think definitely for a younger team, uh, having a mentor like that could definitely help in a, you know, to change the culture around. We, I've, I think we've seen that with the Knicks uh, already. Well, Derek Rose is another player who was traded to, to a Pistons team. He was just thrown to the, you know, just, just to yeah. be forgotten about. He was thrown to be forgotten about. That's what happens when teams are done with you. They just throw you to the wayside. I believe it or not, I think Derek Rose chose to sign with Detroit, if I'm remembering that correctly. Maybe. Did he really? Ugh. I think so. I don't know. I was very <laughs> confused on that myself. But hey, I guess <laughs> if the money's right. <laughs> Sometimes it's gotta be more than the money. It's gotta be situation. But um 
Zay, you got anywhere you think these guys will go? Blake Griffin or uh, Andre Drummond? Anything um, anywhere you want to see them? Maybe I said if you if you if you run into an injury situation and maybe he could fill in in that Lakers area, maybe he can fill in for an Anthony Davis. But obviously, it's always a fill in. No one's going to ever replace what Anthony Davis could do on the court. That's just ridiculous right. talk. But honestly, it's going to be a team that he you knows. Sean, as Sean said, it's probably going to be a team in that play in area that just needs a, a, a player that can help them. Like, you know, be that veteran person in the room, like a Sacramento or something, a team that's playing well. They just need a, a, a older voice in the room. That's all. But uh, to pinpoint an actual destination for them, too, that's that could be a toss up. You don't even we don't even know if they're going to move. They could just get bought out at this point. Yeah, no, there's, there's always trade talk at this time of the year, but some most of the time I'd say the players don't even move. But we'll see. That's to be seen. Um We'll get into another game break after this uh, message from Clovercrest Media. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva Laura McDonald for Ivy League Murders. All right, so getting into our second game break of the day here. Obviously, like we talked about earlier in the show, Anthony Davis is going to miss two to three weeks, and that's quite unfortunate. But uh, the Spurs are having, I guess we'd call it quite a rare Outbreak of COVID, a lot of their games this upcoming week have been canceled already. Uh, usually we don't see games canceled or postponed. We usually see players just sitting out of games. Uh, nothing really to talk about there, I guess. Um, if you guys have anything to chime in on the Spurs situation, I mean, go ahead. I think it's great, actually. You, you talk about a lot of teams that they're, they're still doing all this testing and the protocols. We're still hearing about it. I think it's good because now teams are starting to allow fans back in, especially I know I got an email this morning that the Knicks and Rangers are starting letting people back in Madison Square Garden once you go through all their protocol procedures. So, you know, it's important to make sure that these players aren't carrying it because the last thing you need is the players to be (laughs) giving the fans COVID-19 and then we have a bigger situation on our hands. But no, you know, obviously it's an unfortunate situation. It affects the schedule. A schedule that, you know, obviously we don't even have a second half of the schedule. We have until March 2nd, and we don't know what's going to happen. So you're just hoping that they can get their games in before this quarter all-star break or second half break, whatever you want to call it. But you, like I said, you just want to, you know, get these games in. Every game affects the schedule, and every game that's missed or pushed out, it changes the schedule, it changes teams, it affects how they play. I guess, like, you know, teams go on stretches, some teams don't. You know, COVID-19 is just really sucky thing. No oh, right, Sean. You yeah. got anything to say on that? Uh, yeah, I just think it's you know it's, it's important that the protocols are in place. I, I agree with that. And then I just, I think for the Spurs though, it's going to hurt them. Um, I think they're playing really well right now. They're at the sixth seed in the West, and they they have a lot of young talent on that team that's been playing really well, like Dejounte Murray, Derek White, uh, Keldon Johnson, and then they got the veterans like Lamarcus Aldridge, Demar Derozan. So I think the halt you know might slow down uh, the momentum they had going. I, I think that's the only thing that might hurt them because the Spurs, you know, uh, obviously last year they, they weren't as great, but they've been a great organization, you know, for as long as, you know, we've been alive. So I think that it's important for them to, you know, get back in the playoffs. And I think this might hurt them a little bit. 
But um, at the end of the day, I think they'll get back into it. But I think we've seen it with some teams, including the Celtics, you know, who've had these COVID outbreaks and then coming back from that, it's been, you know, kind of rough. So I think that there's definitely a chance that, you know, they can go on a little bit of a losing streak once they get back. Yeah, no, it's always hard when you take a, a big amount of time off and then you have to come back and play. But you never know. We saw a Browns team that practiced one once win a playoff game. So <laughs> anything could happen in the sports world in this time. Uh, um, John Wall returned to Washington, D.C. last night, and they had an absolute shootout with the Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal dropped a bunch of points like he always does, but it's usually in a losing effort. This time it resulted in a win. Uh, Wizards improved to 8-17, and 17, and the Rockets dropped their sixth straight game. Uh, I know, Sean, you've been high on John Wall and how he's looked this season. What do you do? You, do you think John Wall is is back to who he used to be? I yeah, I think I don't. I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent back, but he he's definitely getting there. You could see that quickness, that and that burst that you know. Obviously, he's been known for his whole life. Obviously, in the fast breaks, he's one of the fastest players uh, in the NBA. So I, I think he is getting back to that point. Um, obviously, he's he's been dominant uh, scoring the ball, and not just that, you know, but facilitating. He's also been great at that in his career. So I, I think he is getting back to that point. But I think for the Rockets, like you mentioned, the six straight losses, I think the loss of Christian Wood can't be understated enough. Um, ever since he's been out uh, with the, the ankle injury, you know, they've they've really been losing all these games. So I think that, you know, Christian Wood was definitely a huge part of that team. And I think that they're going to continue to struggle without him. Oh, oops, I was muted. Uh, I was going to say, Isaiah, you think um, how you, do you think John Wall is a – can last in Houston do you think they have a plan set up for him or do you think he'll he'll continue his career elsewhere after his little stint uh, I think he'll he'll be there for a while until they can find you know someone to replace him well I think Wall is a great player I do think his better days are behind him he's had a tough you know a tough couple of years with the injuries back to back some of them not even on the court so when you add in all of that and then you add in a, a, a Rockets team that right now no one is even sure if they even have a direction of which way they're going. Are they going to trade Victor Oladipo? Are they going to keep him? You know, we don't know what's really going to go on with that situation. So I just think John Wall is just a, a, one of those, like, a maintained piece, a, a, a piece just to help maintain the team right now, just to maintain viewership, just to keep the team afloat until they can really determine which direction they're going in, whether it's a rebuild situation or or they're going to try to shoot for the playoffs and add players. But – I think he's just there for the for the meantime. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him get kind of a second chance somewhere else. Um, you know, although he, he probably loves it in Houston. I mean, the fans, I think, like him a lot. Um, he, he looks like he's barely lost a step athletically. I mean, he's doing some things on the court that I could never do, even if I practiced it a thousand times. So John Wall's in a good place right now. <laughs> Um, this last topic we're going to get into here, um, is kind of fun. I always try to end with something fun and I know my mind goes different places when I think of these things. Um, so this is the prompt, right? You have one opportunity in a one-on-one situation. You have to score on an NBA player. It could be a three. It could be a mid-range shot, turnaround, post up, fade, little layup, something like that. Or you go to jail for 15 years. 15 years in jail you don't see any friends family locked up no one no one to check on you nothing crappy food everything from a to z which player today current player or they could be a free agent 
So you know someone out there who's a free agent is pretty oh, bad defender. Um, like Sean and Zay, I'll start with Sean. Um, who are you choosing to go up against? Who are you giving yourself the best shot against the score of Bucking? All right, well, yeah, if we're including free agents, uh, I have to go with him because I, I wrote it down when I was uh, doing my notes. I, I mentioned that I wish he was in the league, but I have to go with Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I'm sure that's who you were talking about. Uh, you know, obviously, when he was in the league, he was every single year one of the worst-rated defensive players by every metric, you know, um, that you see. And then also, uh, I, I have a little bit of a height advantage on him. So if he does uh, end up uh, not if I end up not getting by him and not getting to the post, then I, I always, you know, could get the jumper over his head. I, I think that, you know, I don't think he's blocking my shot. Uh, if he did, I'd be pretty embarrassed. You so did I, really? think, <laughs> I, I think I think I can get a shot up off him. So I, I think if there's anyone that I had to choose, I, I think that Isaiah Thomas would be the easiest pick. So uh, if if I have to go get a bucket, I, I'm choosing it. Uh, who who would you go with Zay? I would have took IT, but I thought we had to do current playing plays. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with Chris Clemens. He's actually only 5'9". Yeah, he gives me a good chance. I'm a good 5'11 and three quarters, damn near six foot. So, you know, I got a good, good chance to go over the top when I'm shooting, you know, maybe play down low, something back and down. Nah, he's actually a pretty big guy. I'm just kidding. But, no, nah, I'd probably try to use the height advantage at my best. I, I couldn't think of anyone else. <laughs> all right, since since Jace is roasting me, I'll pick another one after you go, Lucas, because I did have another one. Okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Hopefully, this isn't who you have, Sean. I'm gonna go with DJ Augustine of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's five foot eleven. I am six feet tall, so hopefully, I'd I'd be able to have that little little height advantage over him. I think I try to, because you know he's a point guard. He could pick my pocket. I try to just post him up, keep the ball far away from him, and get close enough where I could let off a hook shot and pray that it goes in because I don't want to go to jail. He's your three-year-old <laughs> child? You go, <laughs> that's your little five-year-old child? You go back and down a hook shot over I guess that's how I try to – that's how I go at it, Zay. I'm telling you, man. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, Sean, right. Sean, so you're going to pick a current player here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with uh, Trey Young. Obviously, he's – He's super gifted offensively. We know that, but he's also one of the worst rated defensive players uh, in the league since he's been in the league. And uh, I'm the same height as him. So same situation. If I get stuffed by him, then I'll, I'll, I'll take my 15 year sentence. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that I could get at the shot up off him. And I obviously he's super quick, so I don't think I'm getting around him. But I do think that I could hit him with a quick crossover, get the shot up over him. And uh, yeah. I, I think uh, I think I'm going to stay away from that jail sentence with Trey Young. 15 years is a long time, bro. It is a long time. You realize in 15 years, it was a point we didn't have Wi-Fi? <laughs> I I feel confident with my pick. I'm staying with it. Hey, if, we could go, if we could go anyone, though, outside of current players, you got to go with Muggsy, 5'3". <laughs> Although he could, he has some pretty good hops. but um, Yeah. I could, Nate, I could probably go Nate. Nate Robinson, that's a good one. But Webb. I can have Jake Paul come knock him out before I put up a shot. Yikes. Oh. I'm just kidding. That's my Nate. I was going to say, a former Nick, and you're dissing him like that? Come on. He's a former Nick, former Chicago, former everything. He's one of those guys. Oh, jeez. Well, on that note, I guess if no one else has anything to say, we'll end the show right there. Um, Shout out to Jace, who who got logged out, uh, pushed out by StreamYard. And um, they got tired of seeing that Utah hat. Yeah, he <laughs> he still produced for us though. So shout out to Jace. Uh, shout out yes, you guys too, Isaiah and Sean. As always, my name is Lucas Bolduck, and this has been the Posting Up Podcast. Join us next time.
Peace.